Greetings in Jesus' name to everyone here. The one that we sang about, the one that we serve, and the one that's meaningful. In fact, if he wouldn't be here with us, uh, the, we wouldn't understand his word and uh, worship would be empty. We sang, ever shall my glory be only, only, only thee. If you thought about that, but that's a good life. <laughs> and to live it is even better than singing it. And, uh, you know, so what does make life worth living? What makes a value? Glad we can be here looking forward to hearing God's word and glad to see your say smiling pleasant faces and it's a, it's a real blessing that we can have that Philippians 2 verse 13 says for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure and that is so true God wants us to follow him and to have a will to do his pleasure it takes a lot of will I think of course, he wants to give us that new nature that wants to do his will and to his good pleasure. And so that's a real challenge today. When things come into our life, sometimes we don't like and don't, uh, don't really know what's going on. And really, how do you know what's going on? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know why yesterday went the way it did either. But we know that our life is to be for his pleasure. So the title of the message is Living for God's Glory. That's why I appreciate that song so much, too, Brother David. Proverbs 3, uh, verses 5 to 7. Somewhat familiar verses, but so good to always remember in our life. The attitude that we need to have uh, for our life, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. Uh, <clears throat> in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. So, you know, when things happen, you know, mankind tends to say, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? And I wonder, you know, the Eve say, now why did, why did that serpent come and plague me? Why not Adam? Well, uh, I don't know if she ever thought that, but, you know, maybe what, something she could have thought of. Uh, you know, and I don't know how you are, you know, like, you know, sometimes, you know, things happen in your life. Why, why me? Maybe you aren't the kind of says that. And, uh, but it's easy to do because he said, in all my ways acknowledge him. So he was saying, oh, Lord, oh, it was for me. You know, you have a good plan for me. So this didn't happen out of your plan. This happened because you wanted it to happen to me. And so you give plenty of grace to be victorious. That's, a, no, that's not a revolutionary thought, really. But it's a good thought to have when things happen that uh, we're not the most pleased about. And we don't really understand. It says, So in all that ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. In other words, we can't really figure it out. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. But we can depend on one and follow one and rest in one that does know why it happened. And because he's a sovereign God. A number of years ago, about 2,600 years ago, actually, there was a young man that was departed deported to an uh, idol-worshipping country. I suspect it might have been as bad as the country you live in as far as idol worship. In fact, it sounded like there was a good number of them. And, uh, you know, 
There were thousands of people deported with him, I understand. And he had to make a five, that 500-mile trip to Babylon. Now, you know, when you read about Daniel getting taken to Babylon, it's, it, it's quite a, a thought. Now, I know he was one of the upper crust as far as intellectually, because that's why they took him and left the, the normal folk back to work the land and to pay taxes, etc. But you know, he didn't jump in his nice, uh, whatever, you come in here this morning, vehicle. And if it's a little chirly, turn up the heater a little bit. And then this afternoon got on a little hotter, and you turn the air conditioner on. And, you know, and if it rained, it was, you know, you got on windshield wipers, you know. Uh, I highly suspect they walked the whole ways, and I don't know how long it took you to walk 500 miles, but most of us, it'd take a few days. Now, see, for you and for us, it's just a fairly reasonable short trip. I mean, it didn't even a whole day. You know, you can go six or 700 miles on a good day. So they're walking along on a trip. Now, this wasn't a joy trip. This wasn't going to Niagara Falls or anything now either. You know, this is going, well, oh, you get to leave your home. By the way, all your family is left behind, and you get to leave permanently. Now, I don't know if you'd be asking why me, but I think most of us would be, and say, and you know, you left, and you're there in Israel, you know, where, well, that wasn't the best country to be in, by the way, by as far as, but at least it wasn't quite as evil. You know, to, you know, and, hmm, I think this man had right to be a little bitter, you know? Uh, you know, I think, I wonder if he was, oh, was, you think he was rejoicing in the sovereignty of the Lord? You think he was? Well, he responded pretty good, didn't he? You know, I think he saw the Lord as being sovereign, like we need get to be, that, you know. Uh, one thing, uh, it was really, it's just oppressive how Daniel responded. And one thing we can remember that from a lot, there's a lot of things we can learn from that. Maybe it's best uh, to concern ourselves less with what's going to happen tomorrow and a whole lot more with how we should live today. Wouldn't it be good? You know, how should I be living today for God's glory? You know, uh, it, do, I, do, do I have a sweet repose in the sovereignty of God in my life? You know, the, well, the climate here was uh, Daniel was taken about the same time. He was a contemporary with Jeremiah, Habakkuk, and Ezekiel. If you read those books, you, don't, you do know that Israel was in sort of a deplorable spiritual condition itself. You know, maybe Daniel could have said, like the psalmist did in Psalm 42, verses 2 and 3, it says, My soul thirsted for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, and they continually say to me, Where is that God? I think he had right to, would have right to think that, but I don't believe he must have. So he, he had a higher focus in life, and you know, he looked beyond what was happening around him and decided, I'm going to live like I was taught. I'm going to live like I was taught. You know, that's an amazing thing to do. Yes, <clears throat> I understand that Daniel was probably 17 or 18 years old. That's an interesting age to think of. Most of you that are past that can remember a few things that happened then. You have to think 17 or 18, that's about the age that the, the number of people think they really know a lot. And if their parents know very little, 
And that's quite obvious that they really haven't quite uh, come to the high level of maturity yet. Uh, because thank God, if he tarries, we understand that really our parents know a lot. And at that age, we have a lot of learning to do yet. And God bless anybody that's here at 16 to 20. It's a great age of energy and learning. And if we're willing to be like Daniel, you know what? You'll have a good life. Because God has a good plan for you. But that doesn't mean that you won't go to Babylon. That doesn't mean you won't be tested in your faith, in other words. Because that's what he was tested. So I'd like to start by reading uh, Daniel 1, verses 6 through 8. Daniel 1, verse 6 says, and I'll read all the New King James says, And now from among those, the sons of Judah, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, uh, I understand that when they, when they took people into another country, they like to give them names <clears throat> to change their way of thinking. They wanted to to be a culture, fit into the culture. And that's what the devil always wants to do, is fit in the world, the culture around us. So he tries to do that. Might, I don't know. He hasn't changed your name yet, I hope. But, uh, you know, they wanted to change it. And Daniel means, I understand the original, was God is my judge. And, uh, and Belteshazzar means uh, whom he whom Baal favors. And so, or the treasure of Baal. And you know, they, they wanted him to assimilate to the gods of that country. And, you know, I had to think, uh, well, that wasn't the only one that tries to do that. You know, um, there's plenty of gods around in America today, isn't there? You know, I don't see, you know, there I understand they probably had idols over on the shelf doing certain things. But, uh, uh, when God looks down at America, I wonder if you don't see a lot of idol idolatry. You ever think of that? Can you think of some American idols? Can y'all think of any? Is you see any idolatry around you? What are some uh, idols of America? Could you help me think of some? This is supposed to be verbal. Brother John, would you think of any? Of exactly. That's a good one. It's, it's a craze of the age. It definitely is. Any more? Pickups, vehicles, in other words. Wouldn't, I wouldn't want to restrict it just to pickups. <laughs> That's a good answer because they do seem to be rather popular, but I see some other types of vehicles that looks like it could be idols. Well, do you, do they, you mean they wax them every Saturday and, or maybe more often they got them always shining and it isn't the glory of Jesus shining, it's the vehicle. Is that what you're saying? I understand. Okay, yeah, that's very true. Any more? Money, material, a real good one. It's a huge American idol. What's that? That's really good. I, I think that's a really good one. Yes, for sure. Yes? Pleasure. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Any, any more? 
Cell phones. Yeah, I never. Yeah, I would have thought of that one. Good, good cell phones. You get that old. Yeah, yeah. I see people go to sleep with them beside them. Wake up. Just got to have them. Yeah, got to have them. Very critical for life and spiritual death too. I mean, not yeah. So much for us, but for America, celebrities. Celebrities. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, through the television. Yeah. Yeah, celebrities. Yeah, I hope that's not for us, that we wouldn't keep up with that. But you're correct. It's very correct. Yeah, being uh, in the, the Joneses' status. Yeah. Good. Any more? Government? Government. Okay, government. Well, that's a necessity of life, too. But I guess, too, they could get out of their place, right? Yeah, maybe they think they're idols. <laughs> we, I'm sure we don't. But we want to give proper respect and submission to proper government. Yes. Any more? House. House is good delight. Yes, indeed. That's Fashion. very. Fashion. Yes. Well, that's it. You know. So you don't see. You, you ever seen any of these on a plaque on the wall? But you you've seen these manifested on people's desires. You know. I mean, uh, in other words. You, I don't see many car idols on the wall. I don't see, but I have seen plenty, plenty of sports heroes or whatever they're called. I don't know what they're called. I have seen pictures on the wall of those, by the way. So that shows a passion. Um, how, how many of them beckon to you? How many of them beckon to you? Just, just between you and God, how many beckon to you? Well, I know one that does, and that's self. I know self. I know self beckons. Cause it, now, why does it need to die daily? You know why? Because it woke up alive this morning. That's why. If it died permanently, you wouldn't have crucified every day, right? So self, I know that self needs to die. He woke up, you know, that, that, that passion, that love of whatever. And see, that, that can show in that vehicle. That can show in that home. That can show in that pleasure. And see... That's an evil idol. Anything, anything that takes preeminence of my passion and love for God is an idol. And, and that's a challenge. Because to live every day with Jesus only, only, only thee, that's good living. See, you know, then you view everything a lot differently when you're saying that, and you know what, I'm glad you was willing to mention these things because we live in a very idolatrous country, very much so. And to think that, oh, you know, thank God I can come to worship today. You know, maybe they probably didn't do that to Yahweh. Uh, in I'm sure they did, in fact, in, in Babylon. And yet, you know, to, to, to put Jesus first and to live like we should, I think we would have, Jesus would be pleased if it would be Daniel's today. And you can be those. You can be those. But you won't always, you will not be fitting in with the culture. You will not be fitting in with the world. And you will not be fitting in with the lukewarm church. Okay? I'm just saying just because you go to church don't, don't get you on the right path. A lukewarm church. Now you'll fit in real well with a zealous church that loves the Lord. Okay? That's what he wants. So they had gods there. But it said that Daniel 
purposed in his heart. Now that's kind of a amusing, uh, that's an interesting phrase. It means he resolved in his heart. Now I don't know if you sit down uh, this afternoon and decided to write what I have purposed. I've got strong convictions. I, that I will not be moved. Okay, this is from the Bible, and I'm not going to do this, this, this. I'm going to do this, this, this. That's strong convictions, okay? And uh, Daniel, now, remember, he wasn't some uh, uh, person that's like Ben Martin. I mean, he's had a lot of mileage, and he's, he's got a lot of time to learn and grow, and you expect Ben, you got, he needs to ask, he needs to be a man of conviction. And we understand that, and that's a blessed thing. Now remember, this man's still only set, this young man's only 17 or 18, okay? Now can you identify young men? You know, and he, he, he purposed. And you know, he, he probably had parents that said teach him. Obviously he had parents that good, good teaching. Probably you do too. In fact, a lot of us have been blessed with that. But you know, I think back on my past, I was probably a tad bit more reactionary than accommodating to that. And see, that's not good. If Daniel would have been like a lot of youth today, you'd never read about him in the scriptures. Do you ever think about that? And so it challenges us when we become reactionary. Well, my parents, when they're, or my school, or my youth, or my church, you know, you know, God really wants to say, look, you, if you're going to purpose in your heart and amount to his glory for him, you need to be taking these things in as your conviction, as your belief system. You need, and that's a privilege you have. Thank God you have good parents. Did you have biblical parents and you have good schooling? Thank God for that, it's a blessing. Some of us didn't have that when we were young. I went through the eighth grade, I went to uh, the school, the public school, and I know what's there. You can thank God for, public, for private Christian schools, thank God. And, and Daniel was a perfect example, he said, look, you know, you know they, they taught me things, and I took it in, and you know what? I'm going to follow Jesus come what may. You know, we're in a society, in a group, we have brotherhood. You know, if you stand for Jesus, guess what? More likely there's a bunch of stand with you, okay? But you know, he was here. He only had a few friends, a few friends. Oh, it's a lonely life. Let me say, serving Jesus, he could have said, serving Jesus wasn't lonely. It was a worthwhile life. Only, only, only thee, he would say. That's amazing. It's beautiful. And we can each have a, that's what God wants us to have, a beautiful life. But when I tell you, friends, with, with these, these enticements, it, it is tough to stay resolved and purposed. Um, but, you know, he, he obviously had a true and deep commitment. He, he would have said, I'm not going to go after the Babylonian dream. You just said, now it's American dream. You know what I mean? As much as you will, nice house, everything. It's American dream, isn't it? You heard Daniel say, I want nothing of the American dream. If I put that in modern English. Wouldn't it be beautiful to see Daniel saying, people from God say, I, you know, let the American dream die at my feet. I'm going to serve Jesus all the time. Wow. Beautiful saints living for God's glory. Living for God's glory. How beautiful. Tremendous resolve. Now, we know that he was tested with some food there. Uh, maybe I should read a, uh, 
Where should I read? What verses here should I read? Verse 8, 12, maybe 12. He said there, Please test your servants for 10 days and let them give them vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then that our parents be examined before you, that the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies and see and you see fit. So deal with your servants. That's, that's just amazing. To me, I don't know if you like delicacies or not. I have to wonder if most things in American... Uh, I gotta be careful I say this, but the America, the way our normal standard of top of the end living is, if God wouldn't say they're delicacies, I wonder if he wouldn't. But you see, I don't know if this was pork or for sacrifice to idols or both. But what was wrong with a little pork? Probably had some last week yourself. Well, but see, he knew he wasn't going by his own opinion. Which God help us, we tend to do way too much. He was going by what God said. Okay? If pork is wrong for him, pork was wrong. Okay? And so he stood there. Beautiful. That's how you live for God's glory. When God said it, you, you, we stand there. We don't put, well, you know, that's, that's a little weird. You know, why would I? I'm over in Babylon. Not that many people see it. You know, not, if I ever go back, I'll quit eating pork. And by the way, it's just a short time here. Once I become one of his top-end advisors, I'll quit that. You know what I mean? See, because this is just a testing time. He said, you know, I, I'm not going to eat pork. I'm not going to eat delicacies is what the new, it, it, it relates to, top-end stuff. And he said, by the way, that nice wine, which I guess they soon thought that I would think it was terrible. But anyhow, maybe thought it was too, by the way. We, I'll, I'll take water. Now, uh, to me, that would have been a huge sacrifice because I like my water flavored. And, uh, but he just wanted just water. And, you know, it was amazing. I'm just, I'm just not going to do this. You know, I get around some people who say, Christianity is so restricting. Maybe the devil's tempted you with that thought yourself. You know, because it is restricting. You know why? Self has to die. Idols need to go. If we're going to follow Jesus, those things need to go. So it is very restricting as far as we're going to live for self. What a horrible life living for self. You know, you know they're always wanting more, never, never satisfied. Have you notice that? When you ever let, you know, you, you notice that people live for self. And by the way, sometimes you... Maybe walk that street yourself, I have. And it's not satisfying. You always need more, more, more. You understand? It's a bondage. That's why, because it's a bondage from Satan. He said. So, you know, so many people think, could have thought, like Daniel could have thought, why, why would I be so restrictive over here? You know, a, a little pork and, and a little wine. Well, you know, man, finally I've hit the jackpot. You know, this is the good life. I, I'm finally getting what I want. You know? That's what the enemy wants us to do is focus on restrictions rather than the freedom we have in Jesus. Freedom in Jesus, people. The, why, would we, why would a Christian ever want to sell out their freedom for the bondage of Satan? 
But people, when they become, when they live for self and they live for pleasure, that's exactly what's happening. And God cares about that. See, the American dream has got to be crucified for us. Well, he could have said, I deserve this good food. Man, you know, look what I'm giving up. You know, exiled. This is just God's blessing to me. Did you ever hear that? You know, God just blessed me with this wonderful whatever. Well, if, if I wasn't supposed to have it before, he didn't maybe just bless you, maybe he's just testing you. If you think about that, because that's what it was for Daniel. It was a test. That, that, that wrong food and that wine wasn't a blessing, it was a testing. And that's sometimes the way it is. You know, self-denial is still a challenge today for most of us. It is for me. Self-denial is still a challenge for us, but it's still the blessed way to walk. God loves it. No wonder he said, Daniel exemplified really beautifully, like in Titus 2, verses 11 and 12, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. I'll tell you what a tremendous blessing to see Daniel pass the test. And I think I don't even question. God in heaven says, I want to help you through your test. You got to look to me. You just put, just put away your own self of thinking. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and I'll direct your paths. What a good life. What a good life. He purposed in his heart. And he stood strong. He didn't care that there was nine, potentially, who knows, there may have been nine or 90 or 900 other Jews eating that pork. You know, we don't know. But what we do know is that God blessed Daniel tremendously for saying no to what he could have said yes to. God really blessed him. And God wants to bless each one of you the same way. He really does. He wants to bless us the same way. But you know what? It takes a lot of purpose to live for God today. It takes a lot of conviction to live for God today. So it wasn't just lip service. It was a heart that was willing to act. What a tremendous uh, blessing. God blessed that kind. And then, you know, then verses 17 to 20, it's really great how God worked through this. And for these young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and in wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And all the matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all the realm. And Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. I can't fathom how that he would have been ranked 10 times wiser. <laughs> That's just amazing. 10 times better than, than all these magicians. You know, but you know why? He had wisdom from God. Wisdom from God. 
That's a beautiful thing. But he'd have never had wisdom from God if he wouldn't have been following him tenaciously through temptation. He would have never had that wisdom if he didn't follow God, resolve his resolve to be totally sold out for Jesus in a, in a, in a real, what I call, tough situation. Really tough. He was willing to do that. Well, <clears throat> I'm not sure we're all we're in Babylon, but I'm sure we're tempted and tested. I'm sure we are. God makes sure of that. Because nobody floats in, well, my father call it, don't float into heaven on flowery beds of ease. And there's some song we sing sometimes, something about something like that. We'll never do it. But I praise God. And our test, if we're resolved in our heart, we can pass that test. It might even be tests from Christians around you. It might even be, I've heard some people say, well, they can do it and they're fine Christians. Be careful. Be careful. That's a very judgmental statement. Who said somebody's doing something is a fine Christian? Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I'd sooner not go there. We know right well, if, if God don't want us to do it, he don't want us to justify ourselves from somebody else. See? Daniel said, this is right. I've been taught right. My heart is to serve Jesus. I'm going to do what's right. Even if 99% of the Jews aren't doing what's right, I'm going to do what's right. And you know what? That's why we read about him today and we get courage to stand. Because he's willing to do that. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a beautiful, beautiful lesson. Well, that was the easy test. That was easy. No, that'd be tough for anybody. But when you pass one test, then you get another. And if you fail one, guess what? You go downhill and you lose them one after another. It's a terrible road. But praise God, uh, that was a test and he stood and then he gets another test. Chapter 2, verses 2 to 5, where it says, Then the king gave the command to call the magicians and astrologers and sorcerers and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dream. So they came and stood before the king, and the king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then Chaldean spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give you the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, My decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut to pieces and your house shall be made an ash heap. Now, yeah. now that, I think that would be a real test. Now, really, now, you know, okay, he's so here's the king. He wakes up in the middle of the night. Oh, man, I just had a bad dream, but I don't remember what it was. You know, and, and I know it's a meaningful dream. And I went, yeah, well, you tell me, not the interpretation of this dream, you tell me what I dreamed. I think that'd be fine. A uh, uh, pretty good challenge. That'd be a, a that'd be a pretty good challenge. But um, that was really testing the character and wisdom of a man. You know, Job said in Job twenty three ten, "But he knoweth the way that I shall take. When he hath tried me, I shall be come forth as gold." Now I really question if Daniel was rejoicing in that thought, but it's true. Well, for you, whatever your test may be in the last year or two or three, or you might even be in one today, that when Christian says, Lord, I don't know what it's all about, but I know you're bringing it in my life, and I trust you as a sovereign God. You're trying me, and 
God, I want to come forth purely following you. I want to come forth like gold for you. You know, the sovereignty of God is just something we can rest in. It's so important for us to realize that, or we can question God when we should be, when we should be depending on him and looking to him for strength for a right response. And there's a whole lot of difference in our mentality of man when they question God or whether they rely on God for the victory. There's a world of difference. And there's a world of difference how it works out in your life. I understand the song, God Moves in Mysterious Ways, uh, has been a source of comfort to me. God moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. Remember that song? Well, I understand that uh, William Cowper wrote this song in the 18th century. Do you know what circumstances were that he wrote it in? Do you know what it was? I read one time that, he, that William Cowper was a Christian, but he was sunk in despair in the depths of despair. And it's easy to get that way. Sometimes when things go bad, we think we're being tested, even though it's not near as bad as Daniel's, we think we are being tested. And we can be. And we, a lot of times we are. And so he was in despair. So one foggy night, he called a horse-drawn carriage uh, for a horseman and a carriage to come and said, I want to be taken to the London Bridge on the Thymese River. And he was so overcome with depression that actually he wanted to jump off the bridge. He, he, committed to want to end it all. And they said it was kind of foggy, and after two hours of driving around through the mist, uh, the coachman said, you know, I just have to admit, I don't know where we're at. And, we're just, and uh, so dis disgusted, he got pretty perturbed by this delay. He just said, look, just let me out, I'll walk. And you know what he found out? He was right next to home. They'd just been going circles for two hours. He was right next to home. <laughs> And immediately, Calfer realized, you know what? This is from God. You know, I wanted to jump off the bridge, and God just took me around in a bunch of circles, and I'm wound up right back at home. And he started thinking about God. And you know what he wrote? God moves in a mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storms. Storm, O fearful saints, fresh courage take, the clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. That's our God. That's our God. You know, you might be going circles. Sometimes I, I hear people say, I've been in circles all day. You know what? God moves in a mysterious ways. <laughs> he can make your circles be a blessing to you and to other people. No wonder Paul wrote, from prison, I remind us, Colossians 2, verses 2 and 3, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and, and unto all riches and the full assurance of understanding, and to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I think we all want wisdom and knowledge. Every Christian, uh, I would think would, that would be a desire. But to get that, you're going to be, have to be tested. And to get that, we're going to have to look to God through the tough times and say, God, you are so good. You can lead me. You, you can help me. And so, you've never been tested by a king to tell him, you tell me the dream and you tell me 
the interpretation of the dream or you're dead. And that's what they were going to do. I mean, and what he said they would do. I think that would be a real test. Daniel 2 verse 11 says, well, I'll start verse 10. And the Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. It is a difficult thing that the king requests. And there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods whose living is not in flesh. I'll go ahead and read a couple more verses. For this reason, the king was angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. For the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. So uh, they were saying, actually, in another version it says, but the king uh, asked was too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they're not living among men. And that's true. The gods of this world don't live among men. The God of heaven lives among men. The gods of this world does not live among men. They're not there. Uh, they're, you, you can't, they're just, they're not relevant. Daniel could have showed, was showed in 1 Peter 3 verse 14. But if you suffer for righteousness sake, way to go for bearing it. Happy are ye. So you can have a smile on your face this morning if life has been going wonderful. You can have a smile on your face this morning if you suffer for Christ. And hopefully you're in there or in between somewhere. If you suffer for righteousness, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But Daniel showed that perfectly, how to, to, to live that way and to do that. Wow, what a tremendous blessing. Daniel did not live in New Testament times when the Holy Spirit was with him all the time. Now, he had the mind of, uh, obviously, the wisdom of God, which is very, very uh, amazing how he lived and how he done. And yet, this was still a real test, a real, real strong test for him. And, and, and he had to, you know, so what would he do? What would you do if you was tested this way? I don't know, that would be really, really tough. Verses 15 and 16 says, And he answered and said to Arach, the king's captain, Why is it decree for the king so urgent? Then Arach made the decision made to know. And so Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king his interpretation. And so, you know, it's, it's amazing the, the, the sound reasoning God can give to a person in a tight spot. Have you ever noticed? I mean, I think he was in a real tight spot. He said, look, rather than saying, look, king, this is totally unreasonable, which he almost had to think. I mean, I don't see how he could have got out not thinking that one. Because he was already told him by the other astrologers and stuff. And you know, well, this is so unreasonable. And it's so unreasonable. And you know what? Sometimes think have things happen in our life that are unreasonable, right? Who said life was gonna be fair? Who said that? See, God is with us. He brings things into our life to test us and to show our loyalty, show his sovereignty, to work through us so we can live for God's glory. 
See, it's one thing to smile when everything's going rosy. It's one thing to go through tough times and suffer loss and be comforted by the Lord. But that's living for God's glory. That's what he wants. So Daniel just says, look, I would like a little bit more time. You know, it showed he had, he's very reasonable. I think verse 18 is a very big key. That they might seek the mercies from the Lord in decision. They got, uh, he guided him and his friends that they might seek the mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret. So Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. I wonder if they didn't personify real well praying without ceasing. Okay, I think that's just implied there. I, 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 you know, I think they sought from the Lord the mercies of God, saying, "God, be merciful." <laughs> you know what? We still need that today, don't we? You know, we get in those tight spots, and we need God's help. But see, this was his track record. He walked with God every day. And he prayed, and uh, then he thanked God for the answer. And you know what? I found out in my life, the Lord answers prayers amazingly much. Uh, we get in dilemmas on the farm, and uh, well, we pray a good bit. I tell you, farming is pretty. If without the Lord, farming would be really bad. I expect your vocation to be the same way. Actually, so we pray a lot, and and every now and then we're trying to get better. We say, "Praise the Lord," you know what I mean? Because and. Uh, that's one way of giving him praise, but I don't thank him enough for answered prayer. I, I just, I'll confess that, okay? I just confess that. You know, we're just going into the next dilemma. You know, we're just full steam ahead, you know, because there's more to do, you know? And you think, so God, oh, you know, wow, you know, I had a mess here, and, a mess, and it, it, this thing runs. Thank you, Lord. praise the Lord. You're going in, the next thing you just wham, the same thing. And uh, see, our God, he does wonderful things for us on a daily basis, actually. If you're walking with him and you have the testings of a normal Christian, he does wonderful things for us on a regular basis. And, and we ought to be thanking him for that. Uh, he, he's, it's wonderful to think how much he, he just wants to be praised. And I think it gives him a lot of glory, keeps us, our heart in tune with God. Verses 20 to, 19 to 23 speaks a little bit what Daniel did. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in the night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of the Lord forever and ever, for the wisdom and might are his. That's amazing. The man, the only man on the earth that I know of could tell a king the interpretation, his dream. Not just interpretation. Astrologers, they can make up some interpretation. They look, the king thought they were smart. This man had it. The only man on earth that had it. Now, none of us can say that about anything. And that's maybe something unwise. <laughs> he had it. only man on earth that could tell another man his dream and interpretation said, and the wisdom and might are God's. Now, this is, this is really good humility. And it's a good lesson. And he changes the times and the seasons. And he removes kings and raises up kings. Still does today, by the way. He still does today. I want to remind you that he still does today. The ruler you have is the ruler God wants you to have. Okay? And we show respect. He removes kings and rises up kings. He still does today.
He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. In other words, can I translate that a little bit? It's one thing to have wisdom. It's another thing to live, like a live circumspectly, okay? Live in light of that knowledge and wisdom. I've been around some wise people and their life was a wreck. You ever been around that? I've been around actually some people that in the wisdom of this world was fairly simple and their life was beautiful for Jesus. See, there's a difference in night and day. Wise people let God work in their life and they live for God's glory all the time. That's a man with wisdom and understanding. They're, they're living it out, fleshing out the word of God and his love and his grace and his courage that he gives. That is wisdom and understanding, okay? God wants us to have it. He reveals deep and secret things. Verse 22, he knows what is in darkness and light dwells in him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we ask of you, for you have made known to us the king's demand. And that would be so, be so uh, courageous to stand before a, a wicked king, the king that his dominion was ruling the earth. Babylon was, uh, was a ruling kingdom. It was ruling the earth. And they, was, they would go in and they would just take over countries. That was no big problem for them. And this was the king and Daniel. Daniel comes from, I praise God that he revealed your dream to me. I've seen Christians be timid to praising God in a restaurant or on their job. You know what I mean? This is amazing. See, this is a man that I would call sold out for the Lord. Sold out for the Lord, living for God's glory. Oh, how beautiful. He was willing to speak it and live it. You know, I had to think of a few verses in Ephesians that kind of uh, speaks of this type of life. Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 18 and 20, where it says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the dying because the days are evil. Wouldn't Jesus say Amen. You know, you don't have much time. We know we're in the last days, redeeming the time, living wholeheartedly for Jesus because the days are evil. Therefore, do not therefore do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And you know what that is? That your life is only valued in how much we give God glory every day following Him. Verse 20. Then says it also, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing happens in our lives to tear us down. Everything that God allows in your and my life is for His glory. And you know what? He gets glory when we look to Him and depend on Him and say, God, you're sovereign. You can help me through this. And with your help, I'm going to radiate of Jesus. I'm going, I'm going to stand for Jesus. This might be a big test because you know what? My friends aren't doing it, but I know you called me to do it.
You want me to live that way? See, Jesus wants more Daniels because they live for God's glory. They radiate for Jesus. And you know what? There's Daniels still among us, and they're very exemplary. God loves them. And you know what? We can all live that way for Jesus. Shall we have a song?